But let's talk a little NBA. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Transform your vehicle into a smart connected car with the Sprint Drive. Visit the local Sprint store near you. He makes the magic happen covering the NBA for Yahoo Sports and Real GM. He is Keith Smith with us on the big show. Hi, Keith. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, we're doing great. Uh, I thought uh, the draft, of course, was uh, the top three were kind of set in stone, Keith. But I thought the rest of the draft was surprisingly fun with all the movement that we saw. And, uh, you know, you kind of got to taste what different teams were looking for. What did you think of the draft last night overall? Yeah, it's it's hard for me to not love a draft. It's kind of like Christmas in the middle of the summer. So I always love it. But it is... It, this year, especially with the fact that we had so much flatness to the draft, is how a lot of teams were describing it to me going in. Where you know whether you thought it kind of dropped off at four or five or wherever, but four or five through twenty to twenty-five guys, the teams felt like they were guys who were pretty similar. And then when you had multiple teams with multiple picks, that allowed for a really fun night with teams moving up and back and kind of in and out and all that stuff. So it was a really fun night. Because the Jazz had taken care of their business with Mike Conley, uh, the first round from a local standpoint for us was diminished a little bit. But, uh, Keith, I want to know from you how – I mean, last night the Jazz, in the last few picks of the second round, they were making all these maneuvers and and buying picks and doing all this stuff. Uh, It shows you how exhaustive these teams – uh, how much energy they put into this thing, even at the very back end of it. Uh, does this does this result in anything that could make a difference, or is this just straight in deck chairs here? Yeah, sometimes it feels a little bit like that, like you're just kind of, you know, picking these guys who will be probably spend a lot of time in the G League and maybe you won't see – see much from them but then you look at guys like Manu Ginobili or Isaiah Thomas guys who went really late and they have that impact and they end up being a big time player now you're you're there's a lot of luck involved if you're drafting somebody that late because as the old saying goes is why'd you wait so long then if you knew but the reality is these teams invest this time and these resources because if there's somebody they think might be have the ability to be even a rotation player that late in the second round, that's what you're hoping for. If you get anything more than that, then you got really lucky and you feel good about it. Keith Smith is with us from Yahoo Sports and Real GM talking a little bit about the NBA draft. Keith, what did you think about New Orleans draft? Not just the obvious of picking Zion, but then parlaying that fourth pick into even more picks as they kind of try to speed up their rebuild. Yeah, I thought they had a great night. You know, it's it's hard to have anything but that when you pick Zion. But I thought Jackson Hitting and Nikhil Alexander-Walker are going to be really, really good players for them. I think you they came away with three rotation players. And when you can do that in one night's work, you, you had a, yourself a really good night. And that's before we even touch on the, all the players they're getting from the Lakers as well as all the future picks. So things are really moving forward in, in New Orleans in a big, big way. And I know there's some concern about, well, does Zion and, and Hayes fit? Are they going to be able to play together? Well, they'll figure that out. They, they've got time over the next couple of years. They've got a little bit of a grace period here where I think fans are just so excited about all the kids coming in that they, they can kind of figure it out, figure out who fits, and then move guys if they need to. They've got all sorts of flexibility. So future very, very bright for the Pelicans.
Was there a guy in the draft that, that uh, by your observation and evaluation, you thought is, a, is kind of a surefire guy and, and that might surprise some people? Yeah, I really like a couple guys who went in the 20s. Brandon Clark out of Gonzaga. I thought he was going to be a great you know, fit there. I know teams kind of tend to look at that. Well, he's a little older, so we're not so sure. But so much of the draft is about potential and upside. But I think this is a kid who's going to be able to come in and play right away and really help a team almost from day one. And I think Memphis got themselves a really nice player in him. And then the other guy is nastier little. He went to the Portland Trailblazers. This is a guy who was a high lottery pick project at the beginning of the season and then had a really tough year at North Carolina. Just didn't fit in in their offense. They played a lot of lineups where it was really kind of you know, five ball handlers and at times he looked like he was tentative and didn't really know what his role was. But this kid's got a lot of talent. He's a good kid. He's a hard worker. So I think the Trailblazers much like last year where they asked Anthony Simon, they identified an undervalued guy and they, they've got somebody probably a project for a year or two, but they've got somebody who can really help them, which is important for a team that's got a very expensive roster. Keith, your reporting was making the rounds last night on Twitter regarding Aaron Baines. Take us through that whole saga. Is that cold-blooded Danny Ainge at it again? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a little bit to that, but I think that's being very much overblown. What happened with Aaron Baines from everything I've been told was he wanted to stay in Boston, but he also made it very clear he wants to play for a contender. And with the Celtics maybe looking like they're headed in a little bit of a different direction, they're not calling it a rebuild or anything like that. They're saying they're building or retooling or whatever the you know fun phrases of the day that they're trying to use. But Baines then kind of said, well, geez, you know, I opted in. I'm not so sure about this. You know, well, what can we do? And the Celtics said, well, let's look what we can find. Well, the problem is all the teams that look like they're definitely going to be contenders, they're all hoarding cap space at the moment because they've got bigger dreams, quite frankly, than adding Aaron Baines. So what Boston did at that point was they found the deal for themselves. Now, what I was told was Baines would go to Phoenix, and it was very likely he was going to be bought out. Phoenix essentially was taking on his $5 million contract in exchange to pick up the 24th pick in Ty Jerome, who was a point guard that filled a position of need for them. But now it sounds like that's reverse course a little, and Phoenix is going to let things settle, see where it's at. And that's always something they can approach down the line if they decide, you know, Baines is a luxury here as a backup, you know, big man behind DeAndre Ayton that we just don't really need. They can move on pretty easily at that point. Keith, did you see any other hints from the draft that would uh, indicate uh, directions and free agency coming up? Yeah, the one for me is the fact that the Pelicans roped the Hawks in on the deal the way they did. I think that's going to turn into a three-team trade between the Pelicans, Hawks, and Lakers when all is said and done as part of the Anthony Davis deal. I think the the Lakers, obviously, we it's well publicized. They they were intentionally, not intentionally, but they made some mistakes as far as timing out the trade and making sure that they could. Uh, continue to have max cap space while while accommodating Anthony Davis's trade bonus. So they're going to send out a couple other assets, is my belief, by uh, Mo Wagner and Isaac Tonga, a couple of young guys who, you know, I think a team like the Hawks can take a flyer on. So I expect that to rope in, give that Lakers that max cap space room as much as they can get to and let them do their free agency work from there. Keith Smith is with us from uh, Yahoo Sports as well as Real GM. Taking a break from the draft for a second, Keith. What did you think of the Jazz acquiring Mike Conley? 
I think it's a great move for them. I think they, they're in a position where this was going to be kind of a make-it-or-break it summer for the Jazz in a lot of ways. They, they, they had a lot of flexibility as far as non-guaranteed contracts go, a lot of guys coming off the books as free agents. So this was a chance for Utah to do something big, and they went out there and did it. Now, we were you know, kind of had heard around the trade deadline that they'd maybe gotten close on Conley. The challenge is anytime you're trying to bring in somebody who makes around $30 million, if it's in season, you're going to have to gut your roster to do that. That's really hard to do in the offseason. Obviously, a much easier thing to pull off. And, and I really like the move for Utah. This gives them a good quality running mate for Donovan Mitchell. This gives them a guy who's got good playoff experience. He should fit in quite well in Quinn Snyder's system because he's a smart player. He's a good system guy. So I, I think this was a necessary move for the Jazz to make as they try to get over the hump in the Western Conference and really you know, potentially contend uh, for the Western Conference title. So this, I hate to put you on the spot with this kind of question, but Keith, I'll go ahead and fire away. Um, the Jazz, if they keep uh, Derek Favors, then that limits what they can do as far as free agents go. They may have that, what that what's, uh, amounts to the mid-level, that they could go get uh, maybe a shooter yet. Is there is there a guy out there who would come for, you know, five, six million that the Jazz could bring in that's available that could make a difference in that regard? Yeah, I think there is. Well, one of the things to note about this free agent class is it's absolutely huge. There's going to be, in a week and a half or so, when free agency opens, there's going to be 200 players who hit the market as free agents. That's about 40% of the league. And only you know, 13 teams or so are going to have any kind of meaningful cap space. And some of those teams are going hunting for the max free agents. So what that means is there's going to be a lot of very good players, guys people know as, you know, long-term rotation players in this league that are going to have to sell for part of the exception or smaller deals or even minimum contracts. And that's something in this case for Utah where they, it looks like they might have a lot of roster spots to fill out around what should be a pretty good starting time. That's a good. That's good news. I think this is why you can make those big swings and bring in that big salary player because there should be a lot of good guys you can get around the edges. Thinking about a player like Wayne Ellington, you know, I think is somebody who could be on the radar as a good shooter and is not going to break the bank for you, or even maybe a Reggie Bullock. Guys like that are players you can look to bring in, and I think Utah is going to be well positioned to go get you know what they need and fill out their rotation quite well. Along those same lines, is the West just going to keep getting tougher and tougher? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. And so one of the things that I always say about this is it, it, when you look at it and say, hey, the 10th, 11th, 12th team in the West would be a playoff team in the East. Then what you have to add to that is not only that is, but they, those teams are continuing to get lottery picks. So that just continues to build the bottom of the Western Conference continues to get stronger, and then as those teams move up and other teams slide down, but it seems like the Eastern Conference teams never quite get there, and that's, that's going to be a challenge. Look at New Orleans and Memphis, but by a little bit of lottery luck, they landed the two best players in this draft, it looks like, and they're going to be you know really good teams here, probably in you know somewhere in the two, three-year range, and they'll replace somebody else, but then those, players, those teams will get good players just because of the imbalance in the conference. It's really something I think the NBA is concerned about, and is going to look at to see what can we do going forward to try to balance this thing out. Adam Silver talked about it quite a bit, and I think he's very progressive. So I think this is, you know, maybe for the first time we might have some legs towards change on this. 
Out of uh, what appears to be kind of the the big three top-end free agents, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Kyrie Irving, who would be the most likely out of those three to stay where they are in your mind? I think it's probably Kevin Durant. I think the nature of his injury makes it really tough for him to find a new home this summer. Now, there are teams, the New York Knicks, for example, they would, they would gamble and give Kevin Durant a max contract because in some ways, him being out for the year, oh, well, so we're bad again. There's not there's, there's nothing new there. It's been bad for a while in New York. So I think they're a team that could do that. But I think what you're going to see is Durant re-sign with the Warriors, and then there's all this buzz that they may be willing to re-sign him, let him work his way back, and then if there's a move to be made later, that they'll look at making that move. And I think that's the Warriors kind of opening up and saying, hey, we're going to do a solid by you because you risked it all by coming back to play for us and ultimately got hurt on our watch. So we're going to take care of you as best we can. I know this is a moving target because of all the things we've already talked with you about, Keith. But right now, if things, uh, well, just right now, where would you rank the Jazz in the West? Right now, I would probably put them somewhere in the top three just kind of looking at the way the rosters are laying out. I think the Lakers are going to be really, really good. I think the Warriors are going to obviously take a big step back. There's so much turmoil in Houston. We, we don't really know what that looks like. I think in a lot of ways, the Jazz are somewhat easier to project because they've got what looks like going to be their starting five completely filled out, and it's all filled out with quality players that we know what, what we can expect from them. So I think that's a big advantage that they have and that's you know and then now it's now it's about can the front office fill out the rest of the rotation with guys who can come in and and give them good quality depth but i would say they're probably in the top three as we look at it today with as you said still a lot to go and a lot to change hey kevin we appreciate you joining us very much thanks for all the insight keep up the good work absolutely thank you for having me uh there you go uh that is kevin smith from yahoo sports and or Kevin, goodness, Keith, whoops, Keith Smith from Yahoo Sports and Real GM. We've had him on before, too. I well, I was looking at you like, man, does he have a nickname that I don't know no. about? I, no, I'm just, I'm you, just you called him Kevin to his face. I, I mean, did. To, uh, I'm, I'm extremely embarrassed now, so that's... Austin, will you please apologize terrific. to Kevin for, uh, for my yeah, partner? I doing that. Uh, he said he'll never come back. Oh, man. Did you tell him that I, I have a problem with names? And that yeah, I said I, you uh, you get my name wrong every other day. Yeah. He honestly said he's been called worse, so he didn't take personal. That's you know I, I did call the bees manager the wrong name to his face once. We've all done it. Didn't you call yourself something once? Yeah, I did. I called myself something that wasn't my name once. What was it? Oh, we can't talk about that. Uh, you uh, mixed up uh, Zane Beatles for Zane Taylor? Taylor, I think it was, yeah. So I'm glad that I'm not alone in this, but that is kind of embarrassing. Anybody that's been doing this for a long time does that. I, uh, I once called David Petron David Petron and thought that was the wrong name. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's right. Was I don't know best, why I called you the, David. Well, that's my the, name. Was he the best uh, team doctor ever to roll the earth? Yeah. He, he got the name right on that one. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports and Real GM for uh, joining us. Yeah. We appreciate it.
Uh, come and watch the future Roll. stars of the PGA Tour <laughs> tee it up at Oak Ridge Country Club in Farmington. June 27th through the 30th. Don't wait to the last minute. Purchase your tickets. Buy them online now. UtahChampionship.com. We also have passes to that down here at Bullfrog Spas. So come on by and see us. We're just off exit 288 in Bluffdale. Just head west and you run right into us. We'll have uh, more of the big show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.